Speaking of good in the world, uh, Grace, what have you been reading? Yeah. Oh, nicely done. This is how the universe ends. That's not good. (laughs) I don't want the universe to end. (laughs) Nothing. Normally, we like to start the show with a bit of fun banter and then get into the fix. Unfortunately, nothing fun has really happened. At my work's do, someone nicked a spoon and drunkenly oh. <laughs> accidentally lobbed it through a car window and then had a fight on the street because they tried to run away from the car and the guy caught up with him. <laughs> and oh, well. I, I, very, I very deftly pretended I didn't know these people, but sadly I didn't roll very high on my persuasion with the bouncer for the club I was trying to get in because he pretty was he was pretty damn sure that I was with them and didn't let me in and so I just taxied home. <laughs> I mean, deception roll because you were with them. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I was just like, I'm not with them and he was just like, yeah, I can't let you in. I was like, oh. <laughs> Come on, clearly mate. a troublemaker. I wasn't planning to to uh, be hanging around with these 40-year-old men anyway <laughs> that I work with. I was trying to ditch them a lot earlier in the night and they just followed me to the club <laughs> fucking let me in. <laughs> I don't want to have to witness a brawl over it. It was one of those serving spoons as well, one of those ceramic serving spoons that you dole rice out with. They what, they just decided to like nick a spoon and they had a fight over the spoon and then it went through a car window and like what like in the taxi driving past the car that got smashed in, it had gathered a crowd of people, including one of the bouncers, pointing and looking at the spoon on the passenger side of the car. Oh, so it broke the window? Yeah. Oh, I thought it had gone through, like, an open window. No. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Car That's ran off and everything, and just see this, this really drunk bloke just sprint disorderingly, like, terribly away from the scene. But the sober people were too quick for him. <laughs> and collared him. <laughs> I had quite a nice quiet weekend. How about you, Nick? Uh, yeah, it was pretty quiet. I've shifted two washing machines today. God, you two are boring. <laughs> and got them in, in the back of my uh, little Yaris. And yeah, I fixed the brakes on my brother's car and now I ache like fuck. Pretty quiet. I did pretty, some reading. Pretty standard. Did some reading, played some video games. Yeah. You know, chilled, refreshed, relaxed. None of this degeneracy that Grace is coming out with. <laughs> None of this going out, breaking windows with teaspoons, getting into Yeah. Fights. It was a ceramic serving spoon. A cer- Firstly. Well... <laughs> Second of all, it wasn't me. Thirdly, I wasn't trying to hang around with those degenerates. Those degenerates followed me. I am pretty sure that Grace is this podcast's Florida man. I yeah. am the reason she is the avatar of chaos. back into this fucking show because I have all the tea. <laughs> you do, you do get yourself into some scrapes. I mm-hmm. no, I get myself into nothing. It follows me. Whatever it is is following me. I am so boring, so mediocre, and shit just happens. Like the building burns around me. <laughs> you heard it here first, Grace's defense attorneys. <laughs> Yep. I'm innocent. <laughs> it's not my fault the universe is using me in some sort of experiment. I am... Grace the... is the QA tester in the simulation that is life. 
She's picking uh, up all the bugs and reporting them. The universe them. is just happy to slip me into the comedy genre against my will. <laughs> yeah. It, speaking I, of the universe, I've got a fic. Oh, oh, that's a good segue. Yeah, let's just do this. Go. On. Well, well, I did have done, one of. Grace. I did have it's one of the bit of banter me. I just remembered. But, <laughs> I'd actually like to dedicate this episode to a friend of mine. Okay. okay. You have a friend. The... Fuck off. Uh, wow. the, most in... <laughs> the most interesting thing that happened to me during the last week. Um, so I too am slightly cursed in that every time I book a driving test, there is a rail strike in Britain. <laughs> that seals me off from the place I need to be to go get a test done, because without the trains, I have no means of transportation. To be fair, Jim, at the minute, any time you do anything, there's a rail strike in Britain. That's very true. <laughs> I think Mick Lynch has access to my diary, and that's how he decides when the rail strikes are going to be. Yep. Ooh, but James is busy this week. Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> this is an important day for him. Time to strike. But... <laughs> A very good friend of mine at work offered to give me a lift into Cambridge to get my test done. Oh, what a guy. What a gal. Absolute what, chad of a girl. Well, yeah. A g- guy is a gender neutral <laughs> Gender neutral guy. guy. Nicely yeah. done. But the trouble is, she gets into work super early. Mm-hmm. And my place is a bit out of the way. So she was willing to add an hour to her journey, including going there and going back. Oh, wow. I hope- it also meant starting at 6am. So double, oh wow. Nicely I done. I something nice. I planned to buy her dinner that day. Yes, excellent. Unfortunately, she fell ill the day before. Oh no. But she showed up anyway and gave me the lift. <laughs> I got a text at 6am saying, sorry, I've got a cold. I'm going to come anyway, but I'm going home afterwards. So she didn't even stay in work. She just drove me to my place and then left. That's really good of her. We don't deserve them. We are too good for her. Yeah, we do not deserve her as a friend. Which is why I'm dedicating this episode to you. You know who you are. Yep. And thank I you. I don't know who she is, but... I don't want a doctor, so okay. I'll, I'll just leave it there. But she knows who she is. I'm gonna buy her dinner at some point. I already bought her some chocolate cake that was hiding in her desk all along. Because I was in work the day before and left her some chocolate cake. Hey... But I don't feel that's enough for how much that was, so I'm dedicating the episode to you anyway. That's that's good of you. So yeah, I figured I'd just balance out Grace's story with a bit of good news out there. There is some good in the world out there. Speaking of good in the world, uh, Grace, what have you been reading? Yeah. Oh, nicely done. This is how the universe ends. That's oh, not bye. good. <laughs> I don't want the universe to end. <laughs> I love the irony of this this, uh, this tangent. <laughs> well, that's pissed on our bonfire, hasn't it? <laughs> By oh. Perivik, uh, comma, shrew, she who guards. She who guards. Oh, God, shit. I, I read it as shrew. I don't know what <laughs> happened. She who guards. Shoe this is she who. This is, this is how the universe ends. By Perivik and she who guards. Thank shoe, you. It's funny, hoggards. I got that... The thing is, when I was talking about it with you earlier, I got that right. Yeah, you told us the name earlier. Get... <laughs> and somehow... I R in there for no reason. I'm so sorry, she who guards. I am not good at this. Real talk. You know, reading. I've been doing it a long time. Never got the hang of it. Real talk, Grace. Is this too late? We could do this next week if you want. Hey, don't, don't 
piss on my parade just because I got one thing wrong right at the it's very a, It's a pretty big one. Segment. I just want to make sure. <laughs> okay, you're, you're good then. He's got no faith in me, has he? I mean, you just read fair, it. <laughs> given my record. But you failed on. your reading test just then, Grace. <laughs> I'm giving you an option. If you're good, we can carry on, but you did just read that as Shrewguards. Right, I'll say, I'll say something else as well. Even if I'm not reading things, I will still say things wrong. Yeah. That's <laughs> who I am. Okay. Right, tags. Okay, as, as long Archi- as you're good. Okay, yeah. Archive warning, major character death. Oh, no. Well, well yeah. Oh, I see what they did there. Ends, you know. Fandoms, Torchworld, and Discworld Pratchett. So, Terry Pratchett. Torchworld. The relationship... Hold on to your asses. Death slash Jack Harkness slash universe. Huh. I mean, it's <laughs> it's on brand for Jack Harkness, isn't it? Do you yes. reckon when they use the tag major character death, is it major character comma death? There is no comma. Yeah, but are they saying the major character is death? No, this is a standard tag you get in I'm I'm making AO3. a joke, Grace. Oh my... I just didn't find it funny, mate, so I thought you were being serious. <laughs> Oh! oh burn. Wow, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, you got what I was going with there, right? I got I, what I, you were going I did, for. Yes, I, I chose did. to ignore it, James. <laughs> well, I don't think that makes for good listening. Let's. You shouldn't have said it then, right? <laughs> wow, okay. Uh... <laughs> Stop being nice to Grace, Jim. He's never nice. <laughs> I'm going to be less nice to her now. Fucking hell. Oh, either, right, right. Fucking let me get on with my thing. This is disrespect <laughs> to the author. Right. It's disrespect to me. <laughs> Fucking hell. Additional tags. End of the world. Humour. Angst. Okay. Funny angst. I like it. Best kind. Yes. Summary. Excuse me. He said, not impolitely, but you are holding up the end of the universe. <laughs> That's so Hitchhikers. Yeah. It, yeah. It's very it's good. very Pratchett as well. It is yeah. very, very Terry, very Terry. So it starts off with, When the end of the universe arrived at last, there was at least one entity who greeted it with a complete lack of surprise. Everything that has a start must have an end sometime, and Death had always known that when that time came... When there was no one and nothing else left that needed his attentions, it would be his job to give the place a quick tidy before closing the door on his way out. He gazed on a universe grown silent, lifted his scythe and swung it in a suitably dramatic fashion. Blue light crackled from the blade in the darkness, moving through something that could no longer be described as air. And the uh, end of the universe failed to happen. Oh, Oh, whoops. So yeah, dilemma. Death is trying to wrap up everything and everything and you know just finally trying to take the universe away because it's time for it to die it's not happening so he tries again doesn't happen and you know i'll tell you what i'd be pretty miffed if i spent my whole working life that has by the way stretched over millennia only to find on my last day before retirement not being able to clock off my job and fuck off (laughs) you know what i mean i'll be like oh my god Either way, he checks the universe's hourglass and there's a single grain left in there that refuses to drop and he thinks, alright, there's something There's something in this universe that hasn't died yet, which means I've got to take it. So he starts like rooting through his uh, robe and he 
and uh, in all his pockets, and he's he's pulling out loads of luminous hourglasses until he finds one that has sand constantly pouring and never emptying within it. That will do it. The anchor, <laughs> death questioned aloud, but surely even he cannot hold things together now, not when things are meant to end. So I think we can guess who the anchor is, can't mm-hmm. we? I think so. Yeah. So he snaps his fingers and he reappears in front of the last man in the universe. And he says, excuse me, but you're holding up the end of the universe. And then Jack Harkness is just lying back in nothingness going, hey, <laughs> wondering when you show up. Great. Been looking for you for a long time. I even dressed for the occasion. He's, he's just he's just wearing like fucking slacks white. <laughs> he's got the coat on. Yeah. He has, he and he's got his coat on. on. And Death's just looking at him like, I've seen clothes before, mate. Right, whatever. Right. <laughs> uh, I've, I've met you loads of times. Loads of false alarms. Very inconvenient, you know, when there's war and famine on. And, and Jack's just like, if I'd seen you, I know I wouldn't have forgotten you. You've got fabulous cheekbones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and Death, Death just sort of looks at him and goes... Most people seem to be put off by the way they aren't attached to cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> but in any case, it is required that you die in order for the universe to end. And he, he rises a scythe and he goes, whenever you're ready. So, hang on a second. Has Captain Jack Harkness made it his life goal to fuck death? I don't think he knew there in was this. an actual Terry Pratchett-esque death. But now he's appeared, he's like, oh, okay, this must be it. Well, <laughs> right, let's Everything get cracking. Everything else is gone. <laughs> yeah. Do you reckon he was hoping for the beefy wolf man that I've seen everyone thirsting about lately? Oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> he's everywhere. Thirsty wolf death man mm-hmm. everywhere. Thirsty Fuck wolf sake. death man. I... From Puss in Boots. Yeah, so oh. the villain in the new Puss in Boots is the Grim Reaper. He's also okay. a buff wolf man, and the furry community has just broken. Yeah, of he is destroyed. They've lost their shit. Death came t- for for Puss in Boots. What he actually took away was the furry community. He destroyed their sanity <laughs> in a way that they Even didn't know they who had. Aren't furries are being sucked mm-hmm. into like this gravitational pull, and it's just the handsome wolf a- vortex. Oh God! This is happening a lot lately. Like people's kinks are sort of. Mm-hmm. Spilling out into the universe and going viral. I mean, we had it with uh, Resident Evil. Knuckles uh, the Echidna. <laughs> yeah, Knuckles the Echidna. We've now got it with uh, Death. The Sexy Wolfman. <laughs> the Sexy Wolfman, yeah. So, um, can't wait of, for the next one. They the seem Shape to be of coming. Water. Oh, shape of Water. It's, it's once a month. Prince Sidon. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, you know. <laughs> uh, try to think who else has been. No, I don't know. Either way. But yeah, he's going to have to try a bit harder than that. I don't think death is that easy. Come on, Jack, pull your socks out. You're going to have to do better than that. Either way, Jack is happy to go at this point. Life's been pretty dull for the last few millennia since, you know, all of the inhabitants died off ages ago. Mm. So death waits for him to die, and Jack explains that he can't. They come to this arrangement that the moment his spirit leaves his body, Death it just needs to snip the line that connects into his body and like it'll be gone. Mm. And Death, despite being an absolute professional at his craft, can't seem to cut the cord. And he says, oh, no. someone appears to be, for a lack of a better term, cheating. <laughs> <laughs> Jack's like, oh, don't look at me. You know, 
you know, there's, there's loads of legends about people trying to cheat death with games. Is that true? We could do that. And death's like, usually people try to do, uh, usually people try that in order to live. Well, how about we do it so I lose? So they're definitely going to try and make <laughs> Jack lose a game. <laughs> Something okay. just so he can canonically get noped out of existence. Right. And officially that should work, said Death. <laughs> so Death suggests a game of poker. Jack gets a royal flush. Fluke, right? Best of three? Nope. Jack wins the wall. <laughs> they try another so. game. <laughs> I don't understand it. How did you manage to lose at Cluedo? I thought it'd be right up your street. <laughs> the game would not allow me to answer that they suicided in the kitchen with a gas oven. <laughs> Death said apologetically. New game. <laughs> so that means your prawn takes my horsey and turns into a queen, putting me into checkmate. Death stated. Death doesn't know how to play chess. Yeah. <laughs> it looks back at chess for beginners uncertainly, at least I think it does. You know, we probably should have gone with a game that at least one of us knows how to play. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, Oh, I like What's this. What's with the black and white playing by the sea ambiance? Look, okay, I'll just tip my <laughs> metaphysical construct of a king here and I'll forfeit the game. Out of nowhere, a metaphysical construct of a seagull swoops down <laughs> and swallows <laughs> the metaphysical construct of the chess king piece. Hey, so, Chris, do you think that counted? What? I, do you know the reference this is making here? No. So there's a super old film called the Seventh Seal. Hmm? Oh no, I can just edit out the mistake and replace it. No one will notice. Um, a lot of the, a lot of it is the main character playing chess against death by the sea in this black and white beach. Oh, so, wow. That's, okay. that's what they're going for here. I see. Oh. I think it was The Seventh Seal Clever. that that film was in. It's, it's an old film that I've not actually seen. I've just seen references to. Hmm. And I like the idea of a seagull just coming in and taking the game. Oh. That's hilarious. <laughs> well played. I was like, hey, crap, do you think that counted? And Death turns a page in the gut in the book. Uh, apparently, if your king gets eaten by a seagull, you win. You My. <laughs> These chess scenarios really do think of everything, don't they? <laughs> this, this is the universe keeping Jack alive, isn't it? How yeah, dare yeah. you ruin that, but yes. <laughs> all right, new game. How can you lose Monopoly? You have all of Park Lane. <laughs> I got a chance card that said there was a credit crunch. <laughs> Death set form for me. Apparently they were mortgaged to the hilt and I lost them in the recession. <laughs> Another game. <laughs> Are you sure you're alright? Jack asked again. I said blue circle, not red. It sounded like you snapped something important. <laughs> I got a little distracted when you tried to grope me. Oh. <laughs> Death snap, still massaging his arm. I oh, so they're playing Twister. <laughs> they're playing Twister. Yeah. He's like, hey, you've got a very attractive pelvis. <laughs> anyway, I think we better think something else. I've always had a certain advantage when it comes to playing to unusual flexibility. <laughs> <laughs> of course he's trying to get shaky with death, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Either well, there's way. been no one to flirt with for centuries, he may as well. 
Yeah, oh, fair enough. Yeah, he's, he's always been a tease, but now he really wants. <laughs> last, uh, last two beings in the universe. He so. needs a good bone. Uh, yeah, he wants to bone death. <laughs> <laughs> he wants death to bone him. Oh dear. So, Jack wins game of life when they realise that the universe is changing the rules of the game. <laughs> As it turns out, the universe is scared and doesn't want to die yet. Oh. Yeah. I mean, the universe fair. is alive. It's afraid. He's, uh, <clears throat> Jack says it's afraid of the dark and, you know, the universe has already lost everyone. And it was, bo- it was sort of came into being. Death interjects with many people are. I tried bringing a torch once, but they said it spoiled the atmosphere. <laughs> it's classic. Death. And Jack just looks at him like, "Come on, mate, not the time." You know. <laughs> Either way, the universe projects its its life into Jack's eyes in a sense. So, like, he sort of sees everything through the universe's perspective. It came out of nothing. It was all alone. It had to work out this universe stuff for itself and then it created everything and life came about in it and that died off and new life was made and there were other universes that had split off from it and such and uh, now it was all alone and it didn't want to go it was scared of what comes after if there was an after when they said angst they weren't kidding yeah yeah it's it's heavily existential (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. Either way, uh, Jack decides. All right, me and the universe. We're gonna go together in a sense. We're gonna we're gonna sort of hold hands and just just go together. So he doesn't have to be alone. And like so, there's this really really nice bit where it's sort of like trying to reassure the universe. It's okay. You don't have to go alone. You won't be lonely. We'll go together. Right. And so they do. Oh. Uh, but hang on. Shit. I've missed a bit. All okay. right, Jack. <laughs> Jack's last words. Okay, since me and the universe are going to go, there's one last thing. Okay. It's one last thing. He's going to ask one last thing. He says, can I have a last request? He's grinning a bit. As long as it's not for bacon sandwiches. Death granted. (laughs) I always burn the bacon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, heavy shit and then death is just like bacon. Yeah. (laughs) I always liked how death was written like that. Death is pretty fantastic at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm. He goes, alright, don't use the scythe, not my style. If I'm going to die for the last time, I want a kiss out of it from you. <laughs> if death possessed eyebrows, he might have raised them. <laughs> <laughs> that is not the way it's usually done. And I can't run, kiss of death, it's proverbial. Who's going to know? Let's <laughs> make the last time memorable. Do I have to kiss the universe as well? He sort of said, resound to it. Oh dear. Well, one and the same in the moment. You never know, you might actually enjoy it. Please. <laughs> Death sighed and put the scythe down, and he sort of stepped forward a bit awkwardly. Didn't really know what to do with himself. And he says, he looks at it. You can hardly expect me to use tongue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Either way, fucking Captain Jack Harkness gives it the very best he's got. He embraces death with all the passion and the intensity of life finding a way, even at the very end of things. And I don't think that's what Jeff Goldblum meant. <laughs> 
Life oh, does find a way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By snogging death. Either way, the moment that ends, uh, he tra- he disappears into nothingness under death's hands. And something moves in the darkness. And new universes burst into life all out of nothingness, hey. filling the nothingness in imaginable glory. And it's amazing. And death just looking at it going, oh, I'm not going to bloody retire. Right? <laughs> so, oh, <laughs> all right. Fine, I guess I'm not retiring just as well, really. It wasn't as though the pension plan had been any good anyway. <laughs> of course he had a pension plan. <laughs> so, yes, I think this was a very fabulously well-written fic. And this I is a well-written fic. I thoroughly enjoyed how pratchety it was and, mm. like, in keeping with everything. And it was, like, a really good crossover. Like, it melded together so well, and I'm really happy that I got to read this out today. <laughs> I just so noticed yes, this is... I, oh, I also want to say I there's lots of bits I did leave out and so I think that if you're listening to this, you should follow the link in the show notes and have a read for yourself. Absolutely. Mm, definitely. I should say, this is an old fic as well. Yes. How old are we talking? 2009. Wow, yeah. That is, that is ancient by... Uh, yeah. By fake standards, I suppose. This fake is, is pushing 15. Mm. An OG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it. I really liked the message in that. Saying that, glad we didn't end on such a heavy fic. Yeah, it, it was pretty heavy, but it's, it's kind mm-hmm. of nice to know that death isn't necessarily the end of something. Oh, for sure. It can be a beginning. <laughs> I just love all the games as well. Like, that's well played. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I like how they're. Um, I think they played Risk once. Uh, mm-hmm. that, yeah, that Risk is in that, here. That, that was a highlight. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I can't believe he he tried to grab Death's ass in the middle of a Twister game. I can absolutely <laughs> believe he would like, do that. <laughs> this this is Captain Jack Harkness' world about. Of course he would. Mm-hmm. True, true. Man's yeah, got this balls. is very well written. Yeah, it was. Thank you, Perry Vic and She Who Guards. Yeah. She Who Guards. She hoggards. She hoggards. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Grace, you're not living that one down. <laughs> I say I butcher every author's name every time. So <laughs> you do. You do. I, to be I, fair, I don't have a high ground. In my defence, I normally butcher hard to pronounce names. <laughs> but anyway, that was good. Mm. Nick. What have you been reading? Okay, so I have been reading. It's another short but sweet one. I, uh, I'll i just repost it in the Discord for you so you can all Thank find you it. Only. There we go. Okay, so I've been reading a short but sweet one called A Companion's Life for Me by uh, LKMK. And um, mm-hmm. I thought I'd better read this because it does mark the end of my regular trips to New York. To oh. watch reruns of Our Flag Means Death because it's finally available in the UK. Oh, really? Yay. Oh, brilliant. So, this is a I've been spending of... so much money on plane tickets going over to watch that show. Oh, I, I know. It's been ridiculous. So, and then there's the hotels. Yeah. And New York's always so crowded. And, mm. you know. I might finally be able to put airports. some money away for a mortgage now. Oh, yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> um. Rather than spending uh, all our money on millennial things such as avocado toast and flying halfway yeah. across the Atlantic so we don't commit piracy. Exactly. Piracy's wrong, everyone. Which is ironic, 
considering we're doing that to watch a show about pirates, but there we go. Very true. Um, okay, so this mainly centres around the Paternoster gang. So, mm-hmm. Madame Vastra, Jenny The ones Flint, who deserved a spin-off. And uh, Strax, they absolutely de- uh, did deserve a spin-off. Mm-hmm. So, our story opens. Uh, this was written to uh, fill a prompt, by the way. The prompt was Boats. So, basically, the author has taken... I don't know who decides these prompts, but Boats was just an excuse to get our flag means death into the rotation, right? What this author has done is they've looked at Tumblr and thought, Right, what's going to make him go nuts? I know, <laughs> Doctor Who, our flag means death. Let's what are them the kids team. like? They love our flag means death and Doctor Who. <laughs> I see it more as like, they saw two good things and they're like, now it's time to make things go Finally. absolutely apeshit podcast wild. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> 100%. Um, and yeah, as such is um, what happens here. Uh, okay. okay, so our story opens... Uh, the um, the Paternoster gang, uh, they have been stuck in a what sounds like a rowboat uh, for the past 40 days. You know, they're enduring Sorry, quick dehy- thing. Before we begin, is it worth us introducing the Paternoster gang, who they are? I did. I mean, in- individually. I, I see. Uh, yeah, we can do. So, we've got a little lad, Strax, who is a Sontaran, who are like a bloodthirsty, warmongering race. He is their butler. We've He's got Madame been... Vastra, who is a dinosaur. Silurian. Silurian, yes, thank yeah. you. Uh, Not quite evolved... a dinosaur, more more like a lizard person. Yeah, from the dinosaur age. Yes. And uh, Jenny, her wife, I want to say. Yeah, so um, Jenny is Madame Vastra's wife, but of course, since mm-hmm. they live in Victorian England, they have to disguise it with uh, maid, because mm-hmm. it's not... That's scandalous that Madame Vastra is a lizard person from the dawn of time, but it is scandalous that two women can be married in Victorian London. Amazing. <sighs> Classic bigotry. <laughs> that yeah. is so Victorian, isn't it? <laughs> it is. When will they let women love their lizards? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I, I really liked their uh, their sort of dynamic. Um, yeah. Strax is serving as their butler, if memory serves mm-hmm. me correctly, uh, because the doctor wanted to punish him for some sort of war crime he did. I can believe that. Yeah. So the the doctor doesn't believe in... He's very war crime heavy. Yeah, that's it. Well, that's... Uh, of course he is. He's from a, he's from a race of uh, very bloodthirsty true. battle commanders, but there we go. Mm-hmm. That's, that's pretty good going. Doctor doesn't usually give people that sort of second chance to become butlers, <laughs> does he? <laughs> Can't have been that bad of a war crime. <laughs> well, yeah, th- this is it. But then again, in fact, it's like seen as honourable for... Uh, for a Sontaran to die on the battlefield. So yeah. Strax probably hates what he does. Like, even because it's not honourable, he's there in servitude when he could have gone out in a blaze of glory, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Also, the Doctor has no high ground when it comes to war crimes. So <laughs> Absolutely not. He's been calling them the Geneva Suggestions for a while. <laughs> he has no high... <laughs> he probably saw something in himself in Strax. Yeah, thought, shit, this is going to get big if I don't nip it in the bud. Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry to interrupt. Tell us how they meet the the crew of the Revenge. Right, okay, so the Paternoster gang have been stuck on a shoddy boat for the past 40 days, uh, enjoying dehydration, starvation, choppy water, storms, bad sunlight, arguments, and Strax being Strax, basically, who is currently standing in the bow of the boat, uh, scanning the horizon with his telescope, making the astute observation, we're still stranded. (laughs) (laughs) 
So yeah, the sort of uh, talking, Madame Vastra tells him to put the telescope down. We know we're still stranded, basically. Um, Jenny observes, you know, when will this end? When do we get eaten by sharks or picked up by the TARDIS or walked off the plank by pirates? <laughs> and it's like, well, pirates, what a daft thought. There's nobody around here anywhere. We haven't seen any ship of any variety of any kind. But it's like, well, you know, you never know. It's, uh, it's the Doctor, after all. And uh, Strax decides to get up and scan the horizon again with his telescope, checking for pirates. He asks, what should I look for, Jenny? Jenny's thinking, uh, wooden ships, loads of cannons, black flags with skull bones, angry men with muskets and cutlasses. These flags, would one involve cats? (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad they went with the cat flag. (laughs) And all of a sudden, she shoves Strax aside, grabs his telescope, looks down at herself, and far in the distance, there's a ship with the cat flag he'd mentioned, uh, skull and crossbones, like skeleton flags, one skeleton's holding its head, one's eating another skull, one's vomiting buttons. (laughs) It's like, what in the world? Strax is there, (laughs) permission to board, madam. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's how they end up on board the Revenge. And, uh, of course... Strax being uh, Strax immediately challenges Steed for the captaincy. But Steed's not having any of it. It's like, no, what part of it's my ship I bought with my money and these are my crew that I pay to serve me, do you not understand? (laughs) (laughs) The part which defies the laws of piracy. Sontarans are intimately familiar (laughs) with these rules. (laughs) So... He's taken to it well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Strax is having the time of his life. He's challenging <laughs> Steed for the captaincy. As Lord Commander of the 15th Sontaran Fleet, I'm far more equipped to lead this human regiment. <laughs> <laughs> this is after, uh, of course, Black Pete doing the Black Pete thing. Mm-hmm. Don't need a dictionary to know you're a dogshit pirate. Strax <laughs> would be better than you. So <laughs> but Steed's like, no, no, no fights, no bloodshed. I will not allow death on the revenge. But you're a pirate. <laughs> you're supposed to engage in combat. And absolutely not. We can play quadrilla or nine pins or quoits or tennis. We have the nicest tennis court. <laughs> Please back like me up, Ollie. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, you know, Ollie Andy's like, I've got no dog in this boss. I'm here for the money. <laughs> um, then uh, we catch up with Jim, who is uh, talking to Madame Vastra. And uh, she's. Um, Madame Vastra asks, Where's the nearest port? I've got a message I need to send. Uh, Bridgetown, I think. Who are you talking to? Because I assume she's got some sort of communicator with a doctor and things like that. Um, Madame Vastra, Jim and uh, Jenny, they kind of had a uh, have a moment. Jim tells them that their name isn't really Jim, uh, you know, because she's undercover. And uh, Jim ends up as the doctor's companion. Oh, shit. Yeah. He finally rocks up. And uh, I said that this was short. We are very near the end. Uh, the doctor okay. finally rocks up, rescues them all. Uh, he leaves Strax as one of the co-captains on the crew of the Revenge, <laughs> which okay. seems to suit him just fine. Uh, Madame Vastra and Jenny go back to London, and uh, he takes Jim around the universe to meet Clara. Okay. Um, so, yeah. That's got some interesting implications. That's it. Jim's like just taking it Like how Strax in. is replacing Blackbeard as like, the love interest for, for <laughs> Steed. <laughs> I don't think it's the Which I'm fucking I down think for. it's just the captain. I don't, don't care. They're co-captains now. They. <laughs> I like this. I prefer this idea, to be honest. They are co-captains, which probably would make the crew of the Revenge hyper-competent at being pirates. Yeah. 
Because they have, like, a literal battle commander as their... uh... I don't think they'd be good pirates. I think they'd be excellent warlords who are going to just leave no... (laughs) (laughs) Like, if this timeline plays out, I see Strax conquering America as it is forming as a country right now. (laughs) Yeah, that would be quite fun. (laughs) Like, Strax normally has a laser rifle with him as well. Like, he's... (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely. not going to go well. The timeline's going to go differently. Let's say. I, I mean, the thing is, he has been like dropped into the 16th century with mm. a piece of highly advanced weaponry, like giving him yeah. an edge on literally anything anybody else can throw at him from that time. That's true. So I suppose he's only really held back by the doctor knowing where he lives. Well, yeah, this this is it, and hopefully it'll be enough to keep him in check. But who knows? Mm. I mean, maybe this is another sort of little spin-off show that should be made. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, our flag means death, but if Strax was the uh, <laughs> was the captain. Yeah, I'd watch that. <laughs> I'm also curious about Jim as a companion as well. Like, that could be an interesting time. Apparently, it's even blowing Jim's mind that people ditched breaches. People what? Uh, like, ditched breaches, stopped wearing them. Oh, breaches. breaches. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Yes, breaches, yes. So, yeah, that's... Jim and the Doctor and presumably uh, Clara off around the universe together. I can get behind that. Which I think would suit Jim just fine, yeah. Mm. So yeah, I said it was short, but I... I can't see the Doctor keeping Jim for a while. It depends on the Doctor, I suppose, but Mm. the no murder rule will probably stop Jim from being a companion for a long-term thing. (laughs) Well, you never know. Like Jim might mellow out. Mm, I suppose so. Yeah. I would like to see more non-21st century human companions. So this is at least a step in the right direction. Yeah, that would be good. Mm, that's my main complaint with Modern Who. Yeah. We need more time variety from our humans. Yeah, But no, definitely. this is good. Yeah. I, I would like to see more of it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was uh, just a nice, nice short, sweet story uh, that I could just sort of uh, dip into. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was very, very good. Well done, LKM, L, yeah, LKMK. Oh, we're not doing well for names today, are we? No, we're not. Absolutely not. <laughs> As I have stated, it's been a rough day and I ache like a bastard now. Okay. Well, so. I'll try and keep mine brief then. Oh, no, but uh, take as long as you want. I just might not oh. be able to speak well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Hmm. So, I've been reading a fic called Hashtag Evil Overlord Problems by Kantaraya. Okay. Kantar- ta- I Yeah, I can't pronounce this one either. Cantera. Yeah, that works. Cantera. So, Cantera, maybe. Okay, so, bit of backstory. This is actually number nine in quite a long series, but this is my favourite of the series from what I've read. Okay. So I'd like to talk about it. Wait a second. This is part nine of the Masters and Doctors in the Matrix. Yes. Okay. This is going to... I'm going to take us on a trip down Doctor Who lore lane briefly. First of all, The Matrix. This actually predates the film The Matrix. This is something from old Doctor Who. Uh, I thought it might, to be fair. The Matrix is a big supercomputer on the planet Gallifrey. Okay. It stores the... I wanna, I'm going to say souls, but it is, it's more sci-fi-y than that. It's the memories and essences of every Time Lord who dies on Gallifrey is uploaded to The Matrix, where it lives on. Do you remember the episode in Modern Who with Missy creating all those Cybermen and, like, the afterlife computer? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like that. 
that was based on the Matrix. Right, as I like see. a okay. technology. Uh, okay. This I don't think this is how it works in actual Doctor Who, but in this version of the Matrix, it uploads every life of a Time Lord. Oh, so right, okay. When the first Doctor dies, he nips off to the Matrix. The second Doctor goes to join him afterwards, so on and so forth. So all the lives of the Doctor are living in this Matrix, along with all the lives of the Master. Uh, I can see where this is going. Yeah, in a good way. This is a harem fic, isn't it? It sure is. Yes. So uh, there's some pictures I've posted for you guys as well. I like this tag, uh, gratuitous Doctor Perching. (laughs) (laughs) That sure happens. Okay, there's 11 pictures here. I just want to show you guys quickly. I'll put these in the show notes as well. Okay, let's have a look. These are all the masters, historically. Yep, okay. I don't want to talk about this because the first six of them are actually the same life of the master. Right, okay. So it's kind of a recurring plot point for the master that he is on his last life through most of Old Who. And instead, when he changes actors, he usually ends up shape-shifting or stealing another body. Which brings me to picture number 11, the Goo Snake. (laughs) (laughs) What is that? In the 1996 film, the Doctor Who TV movie, the Master is on his last life. The Daleks actually execute him for war crimes. And he is... Because the Daleks in it. He ends up escaping his death by turning into a goo snake and possessing the body of a doctor on Earth. Fuck's sake. It's a very silly film, but it's got my favourite TARDIS in and my and my favourite doctor. So everyone should go watch it for those reasons. But I just want to introduce the goo snake. It's a secret tool that'll help us later. So, our story begins. The Master's latest wily trap to capture the doctor in his underground harem works well. Perhaps too well. Suddenly overrun with more doctors than he can possibly have his wicked way with. What's a poor villain to do? Oh, Oh. poor him. (laughs) I'm guessing have lots of sex. The tags are harem, humour, fluff, banter, jelly babies, established relationships, non-con roleplay, be careful what you wish for, gratuitous doctor poaching, and the master is a player. (laughs) I like how jelly babies just neatly sits in all of that. (laughs) (laughs) So our story begins. The master is admiring his handiwork. He set up the perfect harem room. The harem room? It's got a table. Harem room. It's full of grapes. There's a big bed in the middle. There's a giant sunroof. It's showing off this alien planet. It looks perfect. I mean, to be fair, like, it's no different from, like, having a hobby room, I suppose, isn't it? (laughs) You know. Yeah. I guess. Oh. (laughs) It's like the master's version of a model railway. A tasteful sex dungeon. <laughs> of course it's not a bar. So, brief tangent, Grace and I found a show on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's exactly like a house. You know, like house making shows, like changing rooms and that? Yeah, we've, we've okay. done up your house for you. Ta-da! Yeah, yeah, it's like that, but it's about building a sex dungeon. Oh, yeah. wow! But <laughs> it's... Loft it's for... version sex dungeon. <laughs> It's filmed exactly like a changing room style show is, where like there's this old lady designer comes around, talks to you about your interests, your needs, and they like show you different things they can put in your house. Then they do the before and after shots. It it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a sexy ground force. It's, yeah, it's, it's sexy quite, ground force. It's, it's quite funny. 
and she goes around and she's got this little flogger in her fucking handbag. I thought it was an umbrella and then she pulls it out and it's got tassels and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> it's really weird. <laughs> Quite funny. <laughs> anyway, the trap appears to have worked because at the centre of this room, tied up on the bed, wearing the harem outfit, is none other than the fifth doctor. Now, I don't know how well you know your Doctor Who's, but the fifth doctor, bit of a twink. Okay. Okay. Sort of young, blonde, like, very twinkish for early Doctor Who. I was expecting a very old man to be being scantily clad and being very cold, because he doesn't have his jumper on anymore. I should have thought this through. I'm going to find you a picture of the fifth doctor first. He's the one with all the cricket stuff. Yes, he is. Yeah. Ah, yes, I see what you mean. He's sort of young and handsome. I've actually seen a lot of fan art shipping him and the Master, so... Mm. I, th- I think he may have awoken something in the fandom back in the 70s. But yeah, the Master's eyeing him up, and hes they're doing the whole, Ah, we meet at last. You've fallen into my trap, you fool. And the Doctor's like, I should have known it was you, with that cheesy supervillain decor. <laughs> Coming from a guy dressed like a deck chair, it's quite- <laughs> <laughs> All the shade. <laughs> I have to say, I'm disappointed. I thought you'd go for something more 21st century. This is just opulent, the master suggested. Tacky, the doctor retorted. Oh. But doctor. Oh, but doctor, the master said, dropping onto the bed. I thought you liked tacky villainy. <laughs> the doctor lets out an outraged glass. I do not. <laughs> Whatever. And he gets a bit flustered as he's saying it. Whatever gave you. <laughs> That ridiculous idea. Oh, God. Is like, Guilty oh, pleasure. You don't like it at all? <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Why else does he chase it around the universe? And then the doctor's just, ah, booby trap jelly babies. Is nothing sacred to you? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> and master, one must use the proper bait to track my the right prey. <laughs> Doctor Who's only weakness and greatest yeah. weakness. Fucking jelly babies. <laughs> Excellent. To which he responds, do I at least get the jelly babies when you're done with me? <laughs> <laughs> so, alright, let's, let, let's get this over with. I'm not into so but sort of... 20 quid is 20 quid, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> so... There's a line here that really sets the tone for the Master and the Doctor's relationship that I really like. Uh, let me just find it. So he's sort of starting to feel up the Doctor, and the Doctor's like, Unhand me! And the Master goes, Ah, actually, I'd prefer to hand you more instead. And then he reaches <laughs> down the Doctor's pants and uh, <laughs> gives him a hand. And gives him a handy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the Doctor's oh, like, fuck. You'll never get away with this villainy. <laughs> Um, oh no! So just to, just to be clear, this is CNC, isn't it? CN- consensual non-consent. I don't want to spoil anything, but this is clearly consensual by the end. Okay, all right, cool. As in, cool. by the end, they make it clear the doctor's into it. Okay, okay, okay. So, um, um, you know the old master? Yeah. Uh, was he sort of quite uh, ham? He's so ham. Yeah, like, you can tell. <laughs> like, if you look at that picture, you look at the beard, like, he's very much of the Ming the Merciless school of villainy. Yeah. And that's great. Love it. 
my favorite description of a hand job ever happens here. The doctor tried to resist for a moment, but then the master succeeded in forcing his tongue past the doctor's lips, and with a clever flick of his wrist, the doctor came hard and fast and messy. A clever <laughs> flick of the wrist. Clever flick of the wrist. Clever flick flick of the wrist. Of the wrist. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Really sets the tone for how the master would give a hand job. It's like, aha, aha! Uh-huh. I, I, I fooled it, you into coming. <laughs> I would. It is. It is like uh, like one of those old school magicians. You know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you came for the jelly babies, and now you came for me. <laughs> <laughs> so they're getting ready for. To take this to the next step, shall we say? The doctor is bent over. They're applying the scented oils. God. Then a bell rings. The master pauses. The doctor blinks. It'll be the Amazon delivery. The doctor. What was that? The master groans with frustration. The warning bell. It sounds whenever someone new is caught in my trap. Doctor's like, what? Like a chime over the shop door? Letting you know you have another customer. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like that, the master peeved. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Tell me Now you're going to leave me in here Are you going to leave me here like this Tied up while you go off to romp with another me Yes I am The master <laughs> winced because that was exactly what he was going to do <laughs> <laughs> He patted the doctor's sweet bum I'll be just a minute He promised and the master explains he can't leave another doctor just in the room because he's the fucking doctor. He's going to cause chaos. And then this doctor goes, you know, if you leave me, I'm causing chaos and I'm going to escape too. He's like, okay, fine. I'll, I'll be back as soon as I can. And like, yeah, you promise, etc. <laughs> and with that, he goes off to the next room. The way this infinite hotel is set up is whenever a new doctor arrives, it shunts the other into a different room and the new, a new room is then created for that doctor. Okay. So fifth doctor is now in room number two. A new room number one has appeared. Does okay. that make sense? Yes. Okay. Perfect. So he leaves, he goes to room number one. The Tom Baker doctor, the fourth doctor, is sat wearing the same outfit, the same harem thing, just casually eating jelly babies. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, ah, oh, hello there. <laughs> Been reading too much Arabian Nights of late. I thought evil overlords had given up the shtick long ago. And they sort of banter around for a bit. (laughs) He's just eating the jelly babies. He's not fussed about this whole situation. The master's trying to, the master's trying to get him in the mood. Like you, you can eat your heart's content after I'm finished with you. And they're like, oh, fine. And then, (laughs) God, what? Turns turns out the fourth doctor is a bit more of a top. He just sort of pins the master down (laughs) and has his way with him. He got his jelly babies, now he's got to put out. Once he's done, he then just goes straight back to the jelly babies. He doesn't even help the master get off. (laughs) (laughs) The master's just like, can you give me a hand here? He's like, no, uh, jelly babies. (laughs) Next time, if you want me to pay more attention to you, try not making jelly babies such a scarce commodity. Oh my god. So yeah. (laughs) So they have their evening <laughs> together shortly the master leaves he's like okay fine back to the fifth doctor gotta keep him happy the bell rings again oh <laughs> the sixth doctor shows up the one who dresses like a clown are you familiar with the sixth doctor and his outfit I am. okay i think so yes okay i was gonna it's grab your photo but yeah uh, he was the colin baker doctor he shows up he's he's got a thing about um alliteration 
This malfeasance only magnifies your malevolent machinations. And it's like, oh, okay, it's a letter M today. Got it. <laughs> cool. Look, sorry, I don't really have time for you. I need to go. I've got another doctor in there. The chime sounds again. Another doctor is lined up. <laughs> the six just like, oh, fine. He, he looks kind of sad, and the master's like, oh, babe, don't be like that. Don't be like that. It's the least the least I can do is blow you, but next time we'll do it properly. Bring you I'll bring my thesaurus, we'll have word battles. Word like, don't battles. Just bring jelly babies. Save it for next time. You pick the letter, I'll, I'll bring my thesaurus and a digital copy of the OED. I don't know what that is, but there you go. It was like, really? Promise. Then the master blows English, him. Oxford English dictionary. Oh yeah, that makes way more sense. Okay. Fuck's sake. Cool. <laughs> well the master's blowing him, there are now four doors in total. So three extra doors have appeared since the sixth doctor had done his thing. Jesus Christ. The tenth doctor is on the other side of the next door he goes to. <laughs> just lying there naked. Sorry, not even naked. Just in the harem, carrying his bag of jelly babies, just holding the jelly babies unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> and the master's like, okay, I do have a... R Me and the other masters have an unspoken agreement. I'm not to mess with other masters' doctors. But he does look very tempting in there. So I'm gonna go in anyway. And as he goes in, another master is hiding behind the door with the TARDIS going, HA! I knew it was me! <laughs> oh, for God's what sake. the fuck? The main master's like, Oops! Oops! Is that all you have to say for yourself? After deliberately luring in my doctor. <laughs> Deliberate. Oh my God. It's not my fault your doctor is a whore for jelly babies. <laughs> This this is going to end up with like all doctors on all masters, isn't it? It's it's getting there. I mean, the thing is, the doctors are leaving after they're done, so <laughs> they're not building up. If it's any consolation. All oh, right, okay. But the eighteenth, right. the John Sim master, looks over to him and goes, "If I catch you near my doctor again," sort of threatens him, drags David Tennant away into the TARDIS, <laughs> and looks back at him once more. He goes, "Mine!" before exiting dramatically. <laughs> And uh, that is very John Sims. Yes, it is. Master, yeah. <laughs> Behind the next door, the master walks in. The eighth doctor, Paul McGann, is laying there on the bed, completely naked, looks him in the eyes, and then requests huskily, Goo Snake? <laughs> the master backs his head on the door in frustration. No Goo Snake! <laughs> so he talks to the. <laughs> That's why I had to explain the goose snake. I realised I telegraphed it a bit, but there you go. So he um, escorts the Eighth Doctor out. He's like, mate, I'm not doing this. Just go away. I, the Eighth Doctor just that's... keeps going, goose snake? <laughs> <laughs> I got d d he comes back, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. So he escorts that Doctor out, leaves, goes back to the next door. It's the Eighth Doctor again, going, <laughs> goose snake? <laughs> the Master, how are you in here twice? <laughs> you threw me out without any clothes. I had to come back to get some. So, Goose Snake. <laughs> the master throws him out again. <laughs> and it just keeps going like this. <laughs> I'm going to skip over some of these because they're all quite good. And I think everyone should go read them themselves. Yeah, definitely. One of my personal highlights is him accidentally capturing the first Doctor... And being all, no, no, mate, that's weird. You can't be a day over a hundred. Like, no. Go find your master. We're not doing this. You're too young. At You're too young old. for me. And yeah. you've seen the first Doctor. He's quite an elderly man. 
Well, yeah. The master's like, no, go find my first incarnation, take him somewhere nice, like, say, a peaceful planet with a precarious political system that might collapse into a civil war with just the slightest provocation. Remember to open doors and pull out chairs. And you know what? Accept co-regency gracefully when he offers it to you. None of those moral lectures you're so fond of. <laughs> so he's giving... Giving his younger ex- self... Uh, gi- giving one of the Doctor's younger selves... Um, yeah. Advice. advice. Advice on how to seduce the younger version of him. Excellent. Consider co-regency. Mm-hmm. God's sake. Also, the first Doctor asks for the free Jelly Babies sign to take away with him. <laughs> because by this point, the Master's realising, oh, I've bitten off more than I can chew here. I need to turn off my trap mm. before I catch every single Doctor. <laughs> I should. I don't think I mentioned, the trap is just a sign saying, free Jelly Babies, a bag of Jelly Babies, and a trap door below it that teleports you into the harem and changes your clothing into the harem clothing. <laughs> I, Amazing. <laughs> I um I do quite like that. Um, it's an obvious trap, but literally it's the so- <laughs> only one to notice is Missy. It's such a Looney Tunes trap as well. Yeah, and yet desperately trying to drag the Twelfth Doctor away. <laughs> yes, that was the other good bit. Like the Twelfth Doctor has shown up, like. Where are the jelly babies? <laughs> and Missy is just like, you idiot, it's a trap. Why did you fall for that? You moron. I'll, I'll worry, worry about, about that as soon as you can find some other place in this universe that still stocks jelly babies. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. So the Doctor is willingly falling into this trap just to get jelly babies. Um, yeah. All the doctors get caught. The eighth doctor gets caught for a third time. God. And he's like, at this point, the master asks, What is it with you and the goo snake? <laughs> and the eighth doctor sort of explains, The goo snake is efficient. It has everything I want your brilliant mind and a large phallic object. No unnecessary muss or fuss. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> and the master just thinks it over, like, Huh. <laughs> Fair enough. (laughs) I'll think about it. (laughs) (laughs) So unfortunately, by the time he gets back to the fifth Doctor, he has escaped. Because bear in mind, he's had to deal with so many Doctors at this point. He's been bent over for hours now and he's gone bored. (laughs) He's gone home. The Master's pretty gutted about this. Uh, He turns off the trap, disables the whole thing, heads home. On the way home, he notices the first Doctor has used the free Jelly Baby sign to set up a Jelly Baby shop. <laughs> this was not the chaos he was hoping for, because the first Doctor's a pretty chaotic, evil kind of dude. He was hoping for better. Better did not come. Hmm. So the Master reluctantly goes home. But when he goes home, he opens his door, and he finds his, his home has been reconverted into the harem room. <laughs> and the fifth Doctor is tied up, face down, in the pillows, going, Oh no, I must escape before that evil villain returns and violates my body in horrible, deviant ways. This is the fifth one again. This is the fifth Doctor again. (laughs) Oh my god. He's decided to just recreate the trap at the Master's house instead, and just be like, Oh no, won't someone help me? (laughs) I'm so vulnerable and here. (laughs) 
I'm surrounded by all these jelly babies. Yeah. The master's heart's pound, and he's so happy. He's like, oh, good, the fifth doctor's forgiven me. He set up the weird torture dungeon <laughs> in my room. And he gets back into it. He does an evil cackle and goes, You are too late, Doctor. Your time has run out and you are now mine to do with as I please. And the Doctor's like, No, release me. <laughs> release is exactly what you'll get. <laughs> oh, no. Bad porn vid ensues. Yeah. I do, I do like, I've got this mental image of the Doctor just being like, No, stop, don't, anything but yeah. that. No. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> he's playing into it. This is what I meant by it's clearly consensual by the end. Yeah. Because 100%. he is he's returned, he set it all up for the master, and they do their thing. And yeah, it's quite sweet. It's very well written. I'm gonna skim over the smuts. I encourage everyone to read it in their own time. Um, read the smuts in your own time. <laughs> exactly. Over a uh, candlelit dinner. Maybe not over a candlelit dinner. But... If your dinner is jelly babies, then it's absolutely on point. That's true. Um, the end, they're sort of, they're in bed together, they're cuddling. The doctor suggests they move the trap to somewhere less obvious so they can use it themselves another time. Mm -hmm. oh. Should they ever feel the need. Because his house can't stay as the BDSM room forever. Okay, fair play. Gotta get sleep at some point. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, he blames the fourth doctor. Because the fourth doctor turns out told all the other doctors about the jelly baby trap. Oh! <laughs> it was just like, yeah, let's fucking go. I, I get the, <laughs> ruin I get the master's the feeling, day. I get the feeling it's like, would you like to know where to get some free jelly babies? <laughs> yeah. He told all the other doctors, and they were just like, yeah, let's go. Like, yes, let's do it. <laughs> exactly. And they all lived happily ever after. Jelly babies, they're not that expensive on Earth, like, where he spends ah. most of his time. So, I may have skimmed over this detail. The Master okay. hacked the Matrix to make it so jelly babies were only available in the trap. Oh, no shit, you did tell me. I just completely <laughs> forgot. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. But yeah, that's, that's why. That. That's really funny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So that's why, like, the Doctor couldn't live without Jelly Babies, and he was just like, sod it, let's keep falling into this trap in every incarnation that I have. So, other highlights in these, in this, um, universe, uh, there is also a fit called Fashion Intervention, where the Sixth Doctor, you know what, I'm just gonna read the summary to you, because, uh, it's quite funny. The TARDIS is Cloister Bell's ring and warning, for the Sixth Doctor and the Doan Master were in the wardrobe room and they were giving each other fashion advice. Emergency. Emergency. Red alert. <laughs> Warning, this story contains graphic, graphic descriptions of the Sixth Doctor and Dewan Master accessorizing. Those with weak constitutions may wish to wear sunglasses preemptively as a safety precaution. I'm guessing you've already messaged this author asking for uh, I haven't. to do a fanfix and chill. I haven't. We've got such a backlog on fanfics and chill, I haven't considered messaging them just yet. <laughs> However, Kantara, if you're listening to this, first of all, apologies if I butchered the, your name. Secondly, I'd love to do a fanfics and chill on some of these. Um, if you're interested in us doing like a dramatic reading of any of these, let us know. I'm happy to. Well, actually, I think we've kind of uh, we've kind of moved on from calling it a dramatic reading. 
Our readings are very dramatic. We um. we do a we, we really we do a melodramatic reading, don't we? You know what? I'm going to coin a new word. We do a turbo dramatic reading. Turbo dramatic. It's reading. it's one beyond melodramatic. Giga dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> Hyper dramatic. Just throw all the words. Just mm-hmm. Throw all the words on before dramatic and see what sticks. Yes. Yes. Exactly. We'll 100%. figure it out. <laughs> but yeah, I've enjoyed everything I've read of these so far. Uh, I look forward to continuing the rest. I encourage everyone else to do the same. Excellent. Seal of approval. Well, this Thank podcast you, is auto dramatic. Hydrodramatic. It's hydrodramatic. Why is fanfiction chill? Save it for when we're on fanfics. This is still the shipping (laughs) forecast. I know. It's um. You can use that for an advertisement. Maybe we will. (laughs) Okay. So what have we learned today? Well, you guys have learned about. You guys learned about goo snake. We yeah. did learn about the goose snake. I've known about the goose snake for some time because I watched that film when it aired. And how much Paul McGann's doctor <laughs> likes the, the goose snake. snake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he I mean, there's like there's so but... little there's so little canon knowledge about Paul McGann's doctor that I, I guess that just has to fit his personality now. <laughs> all goose snake all the time. <laughs> Sorry, Grace, what were you going to say? I can't remember. I got a goose snake on the brain. (laughs) Not you too. I don't know what's going on. Just infiltrated my conscience. Could this be the year where you finally shake off your fishman kink in in favour of a And get into goo snake. snake. No, I don't think that's going to happen. And two, I never had one in the first place. (laughs) It's okay, we don't don't judge. Let it die, let it die. Never. Okay, we're, we're leaving Grace's Fish King in 2022. Today is the year of the rabbit, so... <laughs> so Square Enix, watch out. I, oh yeah, uh, the bunny boys. I would strongly, strongly recommend that you don't make promises you can't keep, Jim. Mm-hmm, that's fair. Okay, I'm going to start a tracker of times I've gone, episodes we've gone without me making a joke about Grace's Fish King that she doesn't have. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, we powered through this looking at the time. Oh, well. Yeah, we did. Well, mine was very short. Mm. And I, I skipped a few things in mine. Well, there was so much and it was all funny. So Yeah. Um, I've learned that even after two rounds of doing this show about Doctor Who, we still barely made a dent in it. Yes. It is massive. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll have to make this like a, a three-yearly tradition. No. Or just have, keep coming back to Doctor Who. Yeah, I don't just, know. A, just every like three years we just do a, mm. a Doctor Who episode. I mean, we've got a lot of fandoms. Yes. We'll see. We'll, we might come back to it one day again. The universe is our oyster. Mm-hmm. Just like the Doctors. I'm still just on Goo Snake. <laughs> <laughs> that really tickled me. Yeah. Um, anything else? Although it's difficult to think of what I've learned because I learn so little every day anyway that <laughs> it's usually in and gone again. I need to stop ambushing you guys on that one. It, it, but I know it's coming. I know it's mm-hmm. coming every single time and I forget every single time. You and should then like you ambush pre- us successfully every single time. Maybe you should start preparing like a fun fact you can tell us at the end. Not necessarily <laughs> oh. related to the fix. Just like, oh, by the way, dogs can't look up. 
And then we're like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> can they not? They can look up. They can look up, yes. Okay. I've learnt that James is a liar. Yeah, I, just, I couldn't think of any of an actual fun fact off the top of my head, so I just went back to Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> oh. um, what are we doing next time? We haven't done the Cornetto trilogy, have we? We haven't, no. Mm. I'll, I'll look. I'll look into that. See, see what fix there are. Yeah, I reckon there'll be a thing. few. Okay. Oh god, we're not doing very well. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I, I can't think of a good ending. I feel like we're all bantered out. Unrelated. I've learnt that feeging is putting an eel up a bottom. Yes, it is. <laughs> wow. Okay. But that Thank was you behind James the told bastard. me about that. Mm-hmm. If it was, I an don't know where he one, finds this out. If it was an electric one, would it be electro feeging? It will be now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Officially. Okay. Uh, I wonder if you could galvanise with that. <laughs> Incidentally, I did look and check if the Brown Ascension had updated since we did the first episode. Oh it yes, has... how is the Brown Ascension? It hasn't. Thank God. That scarred me for life. So for those who didn't listen to our original episodes, uh, the fic I covered was the Brown Ascension. It was 11 chapters long. It was a poo fic, and it has some of the best political intrigue writing I have ever seen in a fic, even after doing this show as long as we have. So, and it was it? about poo. It was way better written than it has any right to be Yeah. for a poo fic. Because and it was a scat fic. Yeah. In, in every sense of the word. Exactly. It yes. left me beside myself with disbelief. And <laughs> yeah. I was left with disbelief. It was yeah. You were was, hyped. You were just like, "Oh my god, this is the best it's thing so ever!" Well written. And I'm just, and I'm just holding my head in my hands, going, <laughs> "Is this the beginning of what I've signed myself up to?" Because it was like episode one, like episode like, two. Is is this is this the next three years of of my life? So I wouldn't say it's the best fic ever written anymore, because we have covered other really good fics since then. It's the best poo fic I've ever read. Still. <laughs> it's still got the best political oh. intrigue, and I'd stand by it's the best... Um, it's the most faithful adaptation of characters I've seen. What? Because the Twelfth Doctor is so well written in that fic. Oh, but, oh my god. Like, he's... I can... I hear Peter Capaldi when I read the lines in The Brown Ascension, and that's that's really impressive. So, um, it is, uh, like, quite a good judge of uh, how good a fic is, where if you uh, if you take the kink out of it, would it still be good? And with the Brown yeah. Ascension, the answer is yes, it would. Absolutely. It would still be an intriguing... What I'm saying, what I'm essentially saying is, if anyone goes back to our first episodes, I think that's the main bit that holds up, is the Brown Ascension, and I encourage everyone to look at that bit. Yeah, we're <laughs> terrible, but the, the fic is absolutely <laughs> fine, but... Exactly. For what it is, but um, considering it's, it's about poo, but you know, that's, I'm not into that, so it freaks me out. But you know, that said, I enjoyed the Doctor and the Master in the Matrix just as much, mm. and I plan to read more of that. So I think that's all we're going to have time for today. Join us next time. What are we doing next time? We could actually do the Cornetto trilogy. We could, Grace. I think we were talking about doing Wednesday. Yes. Uh, it's been very popular. It's mm-hmm. taken Netflix over by storm as well, and they're planning a season two. We could do that. We could wait till season two. It's up to you. Could do, but I think everyone's sort of trying to 
have something to do until season two comes out. Okay. Yeah, sure. We'll do Wednesday next. Um, again, I said this in the first episode of the year. Just because we've redone this doesn't mean we're scraping the barrel. We will be covering all fresh new things as we go through the year. Honestly, the amount of times we have said that, it does sound like <laughs> something that somebody's it's, scraping the bottom of the barrel It does, doesn't say. it? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop saying that then. Um, <laughs> but I also want to revisit Hades, because Hades 2's... Yeah, uh, well, we'll... We'll do Hades 2 when Hades 2 is out. Yeah, we will. We'll wait for people to do fix about Hades 2. Oh, for two. sure. Yeah, let's let's wait till let's... we know all about Melanoe. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And her very buff lady friend. And her buff lady friend. Ah, that's yes. why you want to do it. I mean... I mean, nah, that's just... There's a lot of good things of... in Hades 2. That's just a big muscular part of why yeah. you want to do it. <laughs> Grace, I appreciate you backing me up on that one this time. Nope. But yeah, no, we like the buff muscular lady. It's not just James. No, that's yeah, that's fair enough. That is fair enough. Thank you. Don't kink shame Nick. I'm not. I'm absolutely not. I it's know, more it's more like kink observing. <laughs> that should be our new tagline. <laughs> I think the word is voyeurism, but I'm not sure. <laughs> you got us there. <laughs> Okay, join oh. us next time when we're going to talk about Wednesday on Sunday. Yes. Uh, I, th- I can't top that joke. Uh, join. Us- I'm going to say goodnight then. Uh, join us next time. If you enjoyed the show, review it. That'd be nice. Get the word out there. Tell your friends about all... I mean, I realise it'd be awkward to tell your friends about the stuff we talk about, but Just spread the word. Them, tell them we Do exist. It. Try tell something them ex- new in the new year. Exactly. Tell them about your favourite scat fix. Do it. <laughs> Be a devil. Go on. Oh, that's you a know point. Hang to. on, hang on. Before we go, what? are there any fix about Scatman John? Oh, oh there will it. be. Alright, that's the end of that. It's, it's been fun, guys. <laughs> like, Bye. tell us everything. And, uh, yeah. Where's the Scatman? Come on. Are you still going on this? <laughs> so <laughs> I can hear someone <laughs> listening to my bedroom door. Oh, the shit I'm talking about. Oh, uh, it's fine. Uh, we'll. I don't want them to know what scat is. Never mind then. Okay. Yeah, if you enjoyed the show, like it, tell your friends, follow us on Tumblr and Twitter. Mostly Tumblr these days. We're on LinkedIn as well. If you can find us. And uh, points if you if you ruin yeah. your career. <laughs> <laughs> Show your boss what you're into. <laughs> yep. Um. Yeah, I think that's all I normally. Oh, come listen to us on Fridays as well with Fanfix and Chill, where we do full readings of fix, and we do all the accents. It's mm. turbo dramatic. Bad accents. Especially the bad accents. That's mostly me. Yes. But yeah. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Don't eat any jelly babies. You can try. Or do. It depends what you're into. Or do. I'm not your mum. I'd rather eat trap jelly babies than go to work, so. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I'm in in agreement there. Oh, no. The jelly babies are a trap. Whatever will I do? Oh, no. I've been kidnapped by a handsome evil villain. (laughs) Oh, no. What am I going to do? Oh, well. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night.